This episode of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast has been brought to you by Podcorn.com. We've used it to connect with other female-led podcasts, some of which you may have heard advertised on our show. We primarily use Podcorn to find our advertisers. It's a great matchmaking service between advertisers and podcast creators. And with Podcorn, there isn't a middleman. And this means that we've been able to work alongside other brands and seek out opportunities that best fit with us. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. If you are looking for a platform that will give you full creative control, as well as give you access to a marketplace that can connect you with other like-minded podcasters and brands, then sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Explore sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast by signing up at podcorn.com forward slash podcasters. That's podcorn.com forward slash podcasters. Check the link in the show notes. Hey, queens, are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy, where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture relationship and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the lurker mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon Discord, which also includes a monthly book club with FDS and feminist themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS podcast queens live as well as submit stories for our Rose Discrope Queen and Gnosis discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. All right, so we're reaching deep into our bag and pulling out an archive of Roast is Gross, an official all roast episode. Yeah, so this is going to be our first ever 100% Roast to Scrote, pure, unadulterated, straight off the farm, grass raised Roast to Scrote. <laughs> <laughs> Bushfire Roast Scrote. Yeah, full organic Roast to Scrotes. It's just going to be so pure, unadulterated episode of Roast to Scrotes. We were a little bit behind on our Roast to Scrotes for a while because we had some longer episodes, but we're going to play catch up today. So, we hope you enjoy. Plus, people have been writing entire tomes in our inbox. So some of these are a little bit longer. So we wanted to give them like the space they deserved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By giving them a full episode. So first up, Sarah. Should we just jump into it? Yeah, let's just jump into it. So our first one is Sarah. Who wants to read this one? I can read this one. Okay. So Sarah starts out. I had met this guy last year and all I can say is, oh my God, what an awful pick me I was. This is meant to be a warning to all my sisters to make them listen to their gut feeling and pay attention to the people he surrounds himself with. Also, since English is not my native language, please forgive me if there are misunderstandings. So far, so good, Sarah. We met on a dating app. He seemed all right. We met for dinner at 6 p.m. He paid. We'd planned to stay about two hours, but ended up talking all night until I got really sleepy around 4 a.m. It was summer and warm, so we were taking a stroll while discussing and talking about a variety of things, and all I can say is that it was the best first date I ever had. He brought me to my place, we hugged, and thanked each other. There is a warning sign I ignored, however. He mentioned somewhere in the conversation that he was always the one who was approached by women, and that he never did that. And thinking back on it, I was the one who had asked him for a date. Yeah, so he's lazy, right? Yeah. He's not the type of guy to actually talk to the women, initiate things. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd asked him for the second date. Ooh, okay. So I asked him for the second date. He picked me up at noon and drove us for a picnic at the lake. There were no cabins, so I gave him the towel to cover me while I changed my clothes. He was very respectful and didn't look. Yeah, I know. The bar is low. (laughs) We've all been there. Oh, Sarah. (laughs) It's like, I've definitely had thoughts where it's like, oh my gosh, like I was super drunk and he took me home and didn't rate me. Like, what a great guy. Like, (laughs) the bar for men is so low, right? Anyways. Yeah, I like that. He offered to help put sun lotion on my back. I said, sure. I told him to continue because I enjoyed his touches. It felt good and nothing inappropriate. In the evening, we went on a small hill to watch the sunset and stay there all night again until around 3 a.m. He piggybacked me because my feet hurt from wearing heels. Aw, that's cute. Anyways, it's up there where we had our first kiss too, and it was beautiful. Was this the one man out of a billion who was actually kind and respectful? One who would treat me well? I'm guessing 
This is a rhetorical question. Well, since you're writing in here, we're going to go ahead and And say probably not. Use our powers of deductions and say probably, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Was this one who would treat me well? So far, what do you guys think, ladies? Yeah, the part about her saying that he had never asked a woman out on a date screams low effort to me, but otherwise... So far, so good, mostly, yeah. I mean, she didn't say anything. Yeah. So she continues. He mentioned that he was scared to ask me out because in my profile, I'd said that I was only looking for people to hang out and not a relationship, as he was. Fair enough. That is the case. He drove me back to my home again. I offered him to come with me so we could hang out a bit more. This was part of my vetting. I was not intending to sleep with him, and I didn't have any weird or creepy vibes from him. He hesitated a bit, but then agreed. As we sat, talked, and had some tea, it was wonderful. We kept talking a lot, and he showed a lot of attention to me. While I was away for the job for a weekend, he confessed that he was in love with me, and I said I liked him back. Okay, first of all, savage. Like, if a man says I love you and you're like, well, I like you back. Honestly, nice. Anyways, throughout the relationship, we mostly had a good time, at least in the beginning. He would always drive me whenever I needed to go somewhere and would help me get a new fridge after mine. And he helped me get a new fridge after mine broke. He cooked for me, did a lot of handicraft around the house to better things. What I didn't mention, he's an IT student with a crafting hobby. Okay, not bad. He got me a new faucet and said the old one dropped, for example. He was very attentive, generally good to me, and I loved his presence. He made me feel safe. I loved returning the favor. I would often cook and bake for him, which he loved. There were some red flags I ignored, however, like how he always agreed with my politics. I'm politically active and extremely left-wing, but most of his friends were conservative. One of his friends was also openly pro-abuse of women. What? Oh my god. How can it be, well, pro-abuse of women? What the fuck? So, continues. So, his friend's profile picture on Steam is that of a gagged and bondaged woman, and when I looked him up online, he had multiple sites devoted to his praise for consensual non-consent. Oh my god. So, basically, rape fantasy. What is Steam? I've never heard of Steam. Steam is like a gamer platform where you download games, play games. It's a gaming platform, basically. Yeah. Mm. This worried me. When I talked to my boyfriend about this, he said he would talk to him about it. During the conversation, one of the topics was also porn, and I gave him a presentation of the wonderful Gildines. Oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. I can just imagine sitting down with your boyfriend and just being like, please watch this presentation by Gildines. (laughs) I don't know why, but that's hilarious to me. (laughs) I mean, I did this thing, actually. I told my boyfriend about Gildines, and and it actually went quite well. But anyways, for his birthday, we went on a one-week vacation trip, and again, it was wonderful. He was great to me. But after a couple months, the mask started to crumble. I saw that all of the material I'd ever sent him about anything was still open in his tabs, and he never watched them. Aw. That's reminding me of that bonus content we did about the Cosmo girl who, like, casually left feminist books on her boyfriend's coffee table, thinking he was going to read it. Like, he didn't read shit. I'm like, it's going to be collecting dust. Yeah, hoping he'd read. Yeah. <laughs> So when I was cleaning the house with his mom, he was still living with his mom, which I didn't consider bad as he was a student, although he worked part-time as well. Wait, while I was cleaning the house with his mom while he was still playing video games. Yeah, why are you cleaning his house, his mom's house? Yeah, that's weird. Anyways, I was cleaning the house with his mom. He was still living with his mom, which I didn't consider bad as he was a student, although he worked part-time as well while he was in his room playing video games. So he's playing video games and you and his mom are cleaning. That's fucking weird. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. When I, <laughs> tell that man to get off the video games, tell him to get on his knees and scrub the floor. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you should be cleaning and he's playing video games. Yeah. That's just degrading. Place that he lives? At his house. Yeah. So when I was baking cakes for him, which I did very often, I asked him to get some eggs as we didn't have enough. He threw a tantrum and said, well, you're not doing it for me if you ask me to work for it. You always make me work so much. Okay, yeah, so he's fucking lazy, like we thought at the very beginning. <laughs> he's on Steam for fuck's sake. Of course he's lazy. He has a Steam yeah. account. That's what you need to know. Yeah, so the idea of like, she's baking a cake for him and then go asking him to get some eggs. Oh, that's too much work. Like, if it's too much work to get a dozen eggs or whatever at the store, like, this man is not cut out for fatherhood or husbandhood, like, at all. But that's too much work for him. Yeah, it gets only harder right. from here, so. <laughs> yeah, it gets way harder from here. If he can't pass that <laughs> test, yeah, he's a genetic yeah. dead end. Like, it is what it is. That's life. He was very good at reading the room and knowing what he had to say to impress others. He enjoyed portraying me as crazy in front of family and friends and generally to humiliate me, who subtly alluded to my trauma. Wait. He subtly alluded to my trauma he knew in front of family and friends to see my reaction because it was a game to him. Okay, so he's a fucking sociopath. 
psychopath. Yeah, he sounds like he sounds like a really like a massive dickhead. Anyways, yeah. He lacked remorse, and whenever I said I was hurt or asked him to apologize, he said I didn't do anything wrong. When I baked for him, he would take away plates of food from my hand. And and, and then it cuts off. Because yeah. we didn't get the rest of Sarah's roast to screw. We asked her. So <laughs> Yeah, we replied asking for her for us, and then she left us on a cliffhanger like that. Like, Sarah, if you listen to this, please send us part two of your roast to okay? Because we want to hear the rest of the story. I'm going to use my powers of deduction and say that he was very ungrateful for the food she made and complained about it the whole time. Yeah. I'm going to hope that she broke up with him in the end. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and write that ending for it. Like the ending should be that you broke up with him. He more than likely would just like, and everything else basically shows that he's a type of guy who's just used to women doing things for him from the, like, I've never asked a woman out to you're cleaning his house while he's playing video games to like, he's not reading any of the things that you've given him. He doesn't seem like he's engaged in this relationship at all and just put you in that mommy McBang made slot. Yeah. So that's pretty much all you are to him. He doesn't seem like he's invested in much of anything. So I hope he dumped his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Break up with his ass. I hope you did. <laughs> Anyways, I'm glad you're here with us now, sis. But give us the part two. Anyways. Yeah, give us the part two. So we'll try to catch it up if we get it. So what's the next one? Janice or Bilbo? Yes. Next up on our roster, we have Janice. Janice. And Janice says, So I was going to school in Boston to get my master's in library and info science. Great degree. So I love to walk and explore the city whenever I had free time. So I went to check out the big public library one day. So I was sitting at a table working on an assignment when a 30-something man approached me to chat. So this guy's married and he's looking for a second wife. That's my prediction. I'm not usually open to casual conversations since I'm a big introvert pick up introverts but i said why not since the guy seemed easy to talk to it was a basic conversation at first he mentioned that he thought i was attractive so i knew why he was talking to me even though i wasn't really interested then the conversation took a strange turn he started talking about the show sister wives what (laughs) oh no i've not heard of that show yeah, that's a show on like, I think it's TLC, but it's basically about polygamy. Yeah, about polygamy. It's out of Mormon family where they had oh. some man with multiple wives. Yeah. Oh, oh, fuck. Okay. 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 It continues. And Jenna says, so I'm a fool for, in quotation marks, stupid things. So I couldn't resist listening to him tell me how much he loved the show and how much it's influenced what? his life. shit oh no he proceeded to show me a book he borrowed from the library written by the stars of sister wives it was essentially his bible he then asked me if i wanted to grab some food to which i said okay and he said he needed to grab something before we left why why did you say okay (laughs) so okay so this is weird to me so basically this guy is like an evangelist for this polygamous lifestyle you know what this creeps me out about because this reminds me totally of like the christian missionary people like this has happened to me multiple times i don't know if people look at me and think i need jesus or something but like i've been out in a public place i've been minding my business and sometimes if it's a man i usually just ignore them but a lot of times it'll be like a young looking woman and she'll just ask me for directions and i'll just be nice and then the next thing i know they're sitting down to me asking me if i've accepted their lord and savior jesus christ and if i've heard the good news that he can change my life around and i'm like I don't know why you're sitting here talking to me, but this reminds me of this, that this guy is basically an evangelist for whatever his church is that's allowing him to do this. You want to know something funny? I've mentioned this off the record to Ro and Savannah before, but I actually have this weird hobby where whenever religious people approach me to try to convert me to their religion, I will like pretend to be interested and I'll listen to their pitch. Again, I'm a salesperson. Part of being a good salesperson is learning from other salespeople. And I consider these evangelists to be like a form of salespeople, essentially. So I want to hear their pitch. I want to think like, oh, what are their areas of improvement for their value proposition, for their objection handling and so on? So (laughs) and Yeah, so I'll pretend to be interested in joining their religion and then I'll try to do like almost like a counter conversion to them because I'm atheist, right? So I'll try to like poke holes in what they're saying. And like, you know how many times I've been called, what is it, a doubting Tom? What's that one guy who like didn't believe that Jesus came back to life until he saw the holes in the sense? Thomas, yeah. So you know how many times I've been compared to that guy? And like religious people always whip out the phrase like, you remind me of a doubting Tom as if like that's going to like, I've heard this so many times before, okay? So I know exactly the playbook. So, but they always whip it out. I'm going to be like, wow, oh my gosh, I'm totally blown away. 
No, it's super predictable. Anyways, we'll have like a back and forth. You know how like sea slugs reproduce? Like they try to like stab each other with their penis so that they don't have to be the one that has to carry the babies or whatever. It's kind of like that. No, I didn't know that. But yeah, I guess I do know. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's kind of like that. Like, sea slugs are trying to each other, me, try try to 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 each other first. <laughs> Yeah, they don't want to be the one that's pregnant. Yeah, so that's kind of what me arguing with religious people. You're trying to see slugs having a penis duel. You have way more patience than me because I'm like, I've heard it so many times that like as soon as I have, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. In my head, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like, I don't know. But then again, I enjoy the process because I'm a fucking weirdo like that. Okay, so I I like arguing with people. It's my resting nice face. Like people try to talk to me too much. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you, lady. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I thought this was quite amusing. But anyway, so she's like, I will say I'm, I am the kind of person where if a religious person's like, hey, you want to go grab some lunch? I'll be like, sure. I want to hear your sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just already tuning yeah. them out and thinking like. Yeah, but again, you <laughs> yeah. were raised in the church. Uh. You're bored with this shit. Like I was not raised in the church. So I'm like, oh, what a fascinating little I'm tired of people looking at me and thinking I need Jesus. Oh, I'm used to it. I just find it amusing. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. Oh, so the story. Back to the story, yeah. Yeah, back to the story. The story continues. So he asked me if I wanted to grab some food, to which I said, okay. And he said he needs to grab something before we left. And we walked to the other side of the library where he had left his stuff which was a couple of suitcases and a whole ass desktop computer. What? He was homeless. What? <laughs> <Plot> twist. <laughs> there, it gets worse, gets worse. He suggested we go to 7-Eleven and he said he would buy with his food stamp. <laughs> he suggested we go to 7-Eleven and that he would buy with his food stamp allowance. His food stamp I would feel bad for taking food out of a man's mouth like that. Men will have nothing but the goddamn audacity. I swear to God. But it's like you are full on homeless and you're hitting on a woman in a library. Do you just not have any shame? And trying to get her to be polygamous on top of that, right? Like, (laughs) trying to sell her on polygamy. No, the asking about polygamy, that was like a compliance test. It was trying to see, sometimes men will talk about something like that to be like, to see if she'll go along with it. She passed the test, which is, again, this is the sort of, a compliance test is a test you want to fail. That's one test you want to fail. Yeah. You want to fail this test, okay? You don't... You want to fail those tests, lady. <laughs> Badly. Yeah, like, you don't ever want to be in a situation where a man's shit-testing you, and then you pass, and he thinks, great, like, she can put up with even more shit. He took her to 7-Eleven to buy food on his food stamp, so he's a guy that lives outside the library. It gets worse, I'm guessing. He's that guy. <laughs> it continues. So, it continues, yeah. So, the more we spoke, the dumber it became. He was currently separated from his wife after he tried to get his wife in line for the new life he was aspiring to. His wife kicked him out of the house and was keeping him away from their daughter. He was also in trouble with the other woman he wanted to marry. I guess she kicked him to the curb when she found out how stupid he was. (laughs) (laughs) It backfires, yeah. I love it when men try to do this polygamy shit and then both women dump him. But he's like, he's my, you don't support my new lifestyle. Yeah, like this guy, he had a wife, right? And then he got greedy and he flew too close to the sun, tried to get a second wife, and then both of them dumped him. And his wings burnt off. Yeah, and then his yeah. wings melted off. Yeah. And he's still trying it. He's still trying it. He's still trying it with strangers. With his whole ass suitcases and desktop and desktop laptop. I can't believe this. <laughs> Ladies, the audacity. <laughs> Just every time you feel a little bit bad for feeling that, remember there are men who will be living homeless outside a library because their wife kicked them out for asking for her to get another wife and still hit on a complete stranger and buy them food from 7-Eleven with food stamps with their whole chest. Yeah, ladies, never feel bad for asking for shit, okay? Because guaranteed... Anything you could ask for is not enough. You honestly deserve more. These guys exist out here in great numbers. Still hitting on you. It is. 
Okay, so Lilith, she did do your strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she's doing what I do, basically, which is like when you find someone who's so crazy, you want to keep talking to them because it's so entertaining, right? (laughs) I really couldn't get enough of this craziness, even though I still had no interest in him. I kept talking to him for my own entertainment. I met... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's so pathetic. It's so entertaining. I met him again and treated him to lunch whilst he went on and on and on about sister wives. At one point, I kind of scoffed at it all and he got so angry. I met him a third time and we went to the VA so he could check on his disability payments. (laughs) Is that a date? Hey, babe, pick me up. Let's go to the VA to check on your disability payments. He said he had PTSD from being in the military. And we then went to the Italian section of Boston where I bought myself some yummy pastries and none for him. He once again treated me to a food stamp 7-Eleven lunch. (laughs) We had a picnic in the Boston Common and it was a lovely day. And after lunch, like I knew I'd gotten as much (laughs) entertainment as I could out of him. And I told him that I wouldn't be seeing him again. And then I went off by myself and went back to doing what I love, exploring the city. I know it sounds reckless and stupid for me to spend so much time with him, but I really didn't have much else going on at the time. I probably wouldn't do it again if given the option to spend a few days with a crazy sister-wise fanatic. Wow, I don't know what to say. Oh wait, no, there's more. Yeah. I wanted to add that when I said I scoffed at his obsession, I had been listening to him talk all that nonsense, but I accidentally let it slip that it was all BS. He became angry and started to defend his beliefs, and I switched to being dip. <laughs> you don't support my beliefs. <laughs> and I switched to being diplomatic and reassured him that he had some valid points. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know why, because I've experienced this before where, like, I've called a guy out on his, for example, him saying that, that he wouldn't mind if he slept with a woman he was married. And then when I call them out on it, they're like, why are you attacking my beliefs? As if it's like, I'm attacking <laughs> their religion. I was like, it's not a belief like that. That's disordered thinking. That's faulty yeah. thinking. Like, they just, oh. <laughs> no, I'm criticizing your decisions and, like, judgment, okay? Like, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's not like criticizing your religion well, or something, which, I mean. And even religion is criticized, so I don't really know what they're getting at when they try and do the whole, you can't criticize me because I think what I think. I'm going to start using that on men, actually. Like, anytime a man criticizes me, I don't know, being materialistic or being a gold digger or something, I'll be like, how dare you criticize me for my (laughs) beliefs? I'm just... Yeah. (laughs) Like, here's the thing. is like, men really don't like it when women treat them the way that they treat women. So whenever I do that sort of thing, or if a guy's being really angry or emotional or rational, I'll be like, oh my gosh, you're being so irrational right now. You're being so emotional right now. Can't you just be rational right now? That kind of thing. Men fucking hate it when women talk to them like that. Yeah, so that's why I do it, because it's entertaining. Anyways. Yeah. I don't know why I spent energy on that idiot. The only philosophy I agreed with him was that women work well together, especially when they build support structures to meet each other's needs when children are involved. Wait, so this scrope wanted to build a haram to basically raise his kids? That's why he's saying that? Of course, of course. It's so he doesn't have to do any work. It's for less work for him. Read the next line. She says, don't need a man for that, really. True. Queen, if his sister wife's dreams came true, he would be a third will because he would bring nothing to the table. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah, no, he wouldn't have anything. I mean, he's living outside the library on food stamps and disability. So maybe his disability... I guess he had PTSD. I was like, is he delusional? Paranoid schizophrenic? You know, something where... Like, what's wrong with him? Yeah, explain his, like, absolute delusion and audacity. But then again, it's just male pattern delusion. Male pattern delusion isn't a medical diagnosis, I don't think, is it? Yeah. Male pattern delusion. We should, honestly, there's over 500 diagnoses. If they can put fucking grief disorder in the DSM-5, I'm pretty sure we could put male pattern delusion in DSM-5. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Well, did you know that gaming disorder actually is now in the DSM-5 as well? Just dropping that out there. Gaming disorder? Is it now? 
Yeah, <laughs> there should actually be a subsection specifically for you know how there used to be like hysteria for women we need to have testeria <laughs> for men testerical men like yeah. a li- a, we need there needs to be a subsection for conditions that only affect men psychologically it needs to be have you been triggered by fds in the past <laughs> six months are you still triggered are you still listening despite being triggered every single time even though you can completely involuntarily turn you it may off. have obsessive fds disorder <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, but if you look at how like the DSM is made, it's literally a bunch of mainly old white men sitting around a table deciding stuff. So yeah, that should be in the DSM too. FDS yeah. related to hysteria. <laughs> yeah, like male pattern delusion, biologically delusional. <laughs> Maleness is a psychiatric disorder. That's basically what it is. Male biological delusion. <laughs> I think it's real. I think it's a real thing. I think it's just a part of their maleness. Like they have to believe stupid things because that's what makes them like go out into the world and do the impossible to a certain extent. But sometimes it just gets all crisscrossed and they just believe entirely incredibly stupid things. (laughs) Or I don't know. It's crisscrossed with their entitlement and then it becomes a problem for us. Right? (laughs) So... I'm dead serious. I'm not even like saying this ironically or to be funny. Dead serious. We need to have a section in DSM-5 that explains maleness as a psychiatric disorder. Someone create a petition so we can sign. (laughs) We want to add male pattern delusion. Male pattern. (laughs) That's an actual psychological problem. Just to troll the DSM-5. As actual psychological disorder. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks, Janice. That was a very entertaining story. We appreciate it. And we'd just like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, Davy Piper. If you're looking for comfortable loungewear and to celebrate women's achievements, then Davy Piper is the one for you. Davy Piper's story is the story of women. Each of their products is made with premium fabric and has been thoughtfully curated in honor of courageous women who inspire us to be better. Just like their Diana Classic sports bra, which was inspired by Diana, Princess of Wales, who used her platform to help those in need, including those struggling with mental illness and cancer or the nelly simply wireless bra inspired by a mother of eight six by birth and two from adoption davy piper has inclusive sizing to accommodate women of all shapes and sizes including sizing for women above an e-cup so if you'd like to wrap yourself in supportive wire-free super soft premium fabric bras made from organic cotton head on over to davypiper.com and enter our promo code FDS to save 20% on your purchase. Save 20% on your purchase when you use the discount code FDS on DavyPiper.com. Thanks and back to the show. Third on the docket. All right, is Anonymous. So I guess I'll read this one. From Anonymous, I got into my first real long-term relationship when I was 18 and was about a year into university. It was really great at first and I thought we had a lot in common since we were both high achievers interested in politics. Unfortunately, at that time, I was suffering from an extremely debilitating anxiety disorder. It was so bad, I couldn't even take the bus without having a panic attack and regularly self-harm to deal with overwhelming emotions. Hope you're doing okay, sis. As well as dealing with an undiagnosed autoimmune disorder. I wasn't fully aware that my anxiety or the pain I was in was abnormal or strange, and I thought getting into a relationship at that age was normal, so I went for it. How old are you? I guess 18. It's not abnormal to get in a relationship at 18. Okay, so... My ex was particularly adamant about my getting help, especially because my anxiety made sex extremely difficult. And despite his reassurances mm-hmm. that he didn't care if he could have penetrative sex, I felt extremely insecure about it and desperately tried to fix it. Oh, I feel so sad for her. Yeah. Throughout the relationship, I was hospitalized several times for debilitating pain and mental health issues and sought help with therapists, doctors and other professionals even throughout the pandemic, and I finally felt like things were improving and life was getting better. Through all of this, there was a persistent tension between the two of us about all of my, quote, faults and deficiencies, where I thought they were deal breakers, and I even tried numerous times to break up with him because I thought he was lying about being okay with the problems. But he always convinced me to come back. He also had various other red flags that I ignored, including his insistence that when he went into politics, he would want me to be more presentable and sociable. And while I pushed back, He also had various other red flags that I ignored, including his insistence that when he went into politics, he would want me to be more presentable and sociable. And while I pushed back, other people supported him. So I reluctantly tried to prepare myself for that eventuality. So he wants to be a politician and he wants you to be a politician's girlfriend, despite all of your anxiety issues, I guess. Politician's wife. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sorry, sis, but if you've got anxiety, being a politician's wife is not the career path. Yeah, that's not the profession to be in. 
First of all, I want to say, actually, it's a red flag that when she says, I pushed back, other people supported him. That made the hairs stand on the, on the back of my neck. But yeah, he was also not particularly attractive and fairly overweight. So his comments seemed hypocritical when I put far more effort into my appearance than him. All the veiled criticisms just made me more insecure and more determined to get better for him. No, girl. Once again, like men have the audacity because she has so many issues. It's easy for him to Eesh. not focus on his own. So this sounds like a a situation where he's with her because then he can just always make her the problem, even though he doesn't really work on his own appearance, etc. That's my armchair initial impression. Let's say that my initial impression based on what you've presented here. Yeah, I also think it's really sad that when women get criticized like this, they think, oh, I have to be better for him. Whereas when men get criticized, they just attack the woman. They try to put her down and stuff. So yeah, it's important to be aware of this in relationship dynamics. And if you ever feel like you're in a situation where you have to improve yourself to be better or to deserve good treatment from men, stop yourself. It's better to just break up with someone like that because that's kind of an abusive dynamic. Yeah. Anyways, although I felt like things were a little distant during the pandemic since I was living at home and I was in an apartment in the city, I thought everything was okay. We arranged to move into an apartment together for the new school year, despite having been together for less than two years. Big mistake. I moved into the apartment first since I had all the pots, pans, dishes, and other appliances, and he moved in about a week later. After we moved in, all his stuff and his parents left. Things were extremely tense, and he was looking at me, not saying anything. Uh Uh-oh. When I asked... That's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. When I asked what was wrong, he sighed and said that this wasn't working and he needed to say something about it. I asked what he was talking about and he told me the relationship wasn't working and he was feeling really insecure about us being together and he wanted to take a break. After she's just moved in. (laughs) You just moved in? What is wrong with this guy? And you want to take a break when you've just moved in? (laughs) Dude, what the fuck is wrong with this? It's so obvious this guy just wanted like a roommate that he could fuck, that he could like share rent with. I don't know. Yeah, what a dick. Yeah, but she comes with her own issues, and now he's got to actually invest yeah. in the relationship some. So he's like, oh, this is going to be much more work than I thought. Yeah, he just wanted someone to move in who had all the pots and pans. He just didn't want to have to buy his own pots, pans, and dishes and shit. Like, okay. Anyways, so he says he wants to take a break. She writes, I was devastated. I asked why he'd wanted to do this, and he spilled a bunch of stuff about how my mental health problems were too much, despite his numerous assurances that they weren't, that I was too clingy and dependent. I wasn't social enough around his friends and that both of us should see what else was out there. Fuck this fucking guy. Exactly. I mean, this would have been a fine conversation before you moved in together. Yeah. So I also just think it's really shitty when men will be like, first of all, okay, men often will specifically target mentally ill women because they see them as more vulnerable and easy to manipulate and stuff. And then they'll reassure them. Oh, no your mental illnesses aren't too much for me. No, I accept you, blah, blah, blah. And they say all this stuff basically to say what the woman wants to hear because women who are either like neurodivergent or who have some kind of mental illness often are led to believe like, oh, I'm too much of a hassle. Like I'm too much of a burden and so on. So when they finally meet a guy who she feels accepts her for who she is, she feels like safe. She feels sort of almost trauma bonded in a way with him. And then for him to pull out the rug out from under her being like, no, actually your mental health issues were actually a problem for me this whole time. And I was just lying about the fact that it wasn't. It's just highly, highly manipulative. I consider it emotionally abusive. It is a manipulation tactic to earn her trust and then pull the rug out from under her like that. He could be like a hopeless people pleaser type, in which case that ends up being ultimately harmful because he's taking on more of a burden with this person than he can realistically do and then making her feel bad about it the entire time or he's an abusive piece of shit who enjoys targeting women who are emotionally unstable because it makes him feel like he gets some kind of pleasure out of keeping her unstable to a certain extent so yeah i'm willing to see based on what here it could be one of two of those things like he keeps going along with it because he thinks it's going to make things better or make her happy and then it really doesn't and he's getting frustrated or he's one of those guys that's just attracted to broken women because it gives them a sense of narcissistic I'm going with the deliberately manipulative (laughs) one because, yeah, I don't know. I Again, I don't like to give men the benefit of the doubt. In this case, it does seem like a deliberate manipulation strategy. And yeah, it just makes me really angry. Anyways, let's see if there's more clues. Let's keep going. Let's keep reading. Yeah. So I wasn't social enough around his friends that both of us should see what else is out there. That's the other thing. It sounds like he's trying to go for like an open relationship or poly situation. So again, fuck that guy. He also made it very clear that my crying was distressing to him. 
because he was worried that if he broke up with me, I would try to hurt myself. And that was why he kept all his real opinions about me to himself. This was particularly hurtful because he knew my self-harm was difficult to control and I was incredibly honest with him throughout our relationship, spilling painful secrets and stories of abuse and believed him when he insisted I had nothing to worry about despite the fact that my suspicions were right. So he's trying to essentially blame her for the fact that he was dishonest. Yeah. Even though he had no reason to be dishonest. That's why I'm saying manipulative, not clueless yeah this is one of those things with people that have some i know some people don't believe in personality disorders but some of the people that have like maladaptive ways that they relate to people they end up pushing people away because they are so reactive and insecure about this kind of thing so it could be that he was trying to execrate himself from it and then if she's having a meltdown like those people pleasing tendencies kick in and then he wants to you know what i mean and it's too calculating i think that what he wanted was to break up with her and just like Lilith said, just keep her around because he sees her as clingy and dependent, which works for him when it suits him. But he also wants the freedom to go and see and fuck other people. So I think he knows exactly what he's doing. And he did it when she moved in to inflict maximum damage and maximum vulnerability. I don't get any people pleasing vibes from him at all. Like there's no other aspect of this story in which he sounds like a people pleaser, like at all. And so she can't run away, at least not as easily. Again, I would be more amenable to the belief that he was clueless and people-pleasing before moving in, but the fact that he does it the week that he moved in tells me that this was probably all planned. Yeah, it's bollocks. It was planned. Yeah. I tried to keep it together for the conversation so I wasn't manipulating him. Manipulating is in scare quotes. So, So I wasn't manipulating him. Yeah, spilling painful secrets, stories of abuse, and believed him when he insisted that I had nothing to worry about, despite that my suspicions were right. I tried to keep it together for the conversation so I wasn't, quote unquote, manipulating him, but cried quietly in my room the whole night. This is another thing is some men will be it's like annoying when you cry. Can you just not cry or have any negative emotional reaction to get around me? And then the woman feels he has to suppress her normal reaction to a man being shitty. Like in this case, she's not going to cry around him. She's going to cry in her room by herself. So okay, so the thing about the self-harm thing is, again, is like, what's triggering the self-harm? That's what's concerning to me. Is it just normal behaviors? Is it like, is he like subtly manipulating her and doing things that make her feel bad that are triggering the self-harm? And so she's spiraling out of control. Because either way, like really got a lot of issues to work on before she can be a really healthy partner. No, I think this guy, there's something seriously wrong with him. And that being around him, there have been times it's triggering. There have been times where I've been in a relationship with a man where like, he's good on paper, to my face, he's fine. But there's just that thought at the back of my mind. I'm like, something's not quite right. That gut instinct being something's wrong. And I'll just, for no reason, just start developing eating disorder tendencies or like anxiety or feeling depressed and so on. And I've no explanation for it. There's nothing else wrong in my life except for my relationship. And then once we break up, all of the eating disorder, all of the mental health problems that I was having go away because he was a source of stress in my life, whether I was aware of it or not. Humans, I don't know, we're very good at like being able to sense when someone is a predator. You ever meet someone who's sort of psychopathic or sociopathic and like, even though they're smiling, you can tell something, there's something wrong with their eyes. You can tell something's wrong, right? And their presence makes your heart go up, you know? Some guys like get off on being the martyr. Maybe it's not even people pleasing so much as they like being the martyr to like the quote crazy girl, right? So he could be triggering her in the sense of like, he clearly doesn't take a lot of this stuff seriously. Or at least is trying to make it her issue, but then, you know, look to his family and friends, like, see what I put up with, see what I'm doing, I'm trying to help her, etc. And then like get his narcissistic supply for that. Well, I think deep down, she can sense that there's something wrong with him that he's has some predatory tendencies. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm reading anyways. And I think deep down, she knows this, but his words are not matching that he's reassuring her, he's telling her babe is fine, and so on. And so it creates this sort of like cognitive dissonance that's very like confusing and very conflicting and hard to deal with kind of thing. So yeah. I'm only saying this as a person who's been around people who self-harm and sometimes they're triggered by what I would consider literally nothing. I'm a little bit splitting the difference here until we have more information. And I'm not trying to be rude. Thank you for sending this in, OP. It's just more sometimes when you have mental health issues, you don't have the ability to objectively look at situations. And so I'm not saying that this is not real. I'm just trying to see like what evidence are we having here. But to lend credence, what you're saying, like sometimes people who are abusive, they're not physically abusive, but they're emotionally invalidating, right? And trying to martyr themselves by emotionally validating people. Maybe. Yeah. Sorry. Let's just keep reading. She cried quietly in her room the whole night. He kept up his 
taking a break thing for about two weeks, despite the fact that we were living in the same tiny apartment and avoiding each other was nearly impossible. And we went on long walks where he could reveal more and more cruel things about what he really thought about me during the relationship, as well as fucked up stories about his childhood as a way of confessing the things he wasn't honest about in the relationship. Oh my God, he's so fucking manipulative. (sighs) Okay. During one painful conversation, he told me that he believed I wouldn't get into law school in the same city where he wanted to go to grad school, and so he was worried about a long-distance relationship, despite the fact that I had better grades than him overall. He also told me stories about his childhood, which he withheld throughout our relationship, despite his expectation that I tell him everything what I went through as a kid. But his stories were not about him being victimized, but being the victimizer and doing fucked up things because he, quote, didn't know any better. Yeah, okay. This totally changes my perception. See what I mean? This guy's fucking shitty. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, so this is like a guy that gets either narcissistic supply off of manipulating emotionally unstable women and then feeling being like the martyr in that situation or he's sadistic of some kind. So, I do think he is sadistic in yeah. some way. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not about fucked up stories from his childhood about not about him being victimized but being the victimizer and doing fucked up things cuz he didn't know any better. I tried not to cry or react negatively to these revelations so I could look supportive and again, not manipulate him with my emotional responses. This is how fucking manipulative he is, is he's managed to convince her that she is the manipulative one for having completely normal emotional reactions to his manipulation. Like, how fucked up is that? You see what I'm saying? I guess I'm trying to put two and two together. What he said and then versus how she reacted to it, right? He's kind of a dick, right? But most of the time when your boyfriend's a dick, you don't go spiraling out of control and wanting to cut yourself over it. He doesn't seem like he's outwardly physically abusive to her. She's not saying she wants to cut herself. She's saying that she's holding back or avoiding saying certain things because she doesn't want to seem like the manipulative person. Meanwhile, he is the one who's actually being manipulative. He's basically backfooted her. He's accused her. He told her that the crying was manipulative, right? Or whatever. So she's now trying to behave in a way that's more desirable to him so as to not prove as so as to try to go against whatever stupid accusation he's made against her, right? Yeah. What is she specifically reacting to? And I'm not trying to get too deep into the nitty gritty, but it's like, if she's reacting to him being just kind of a dick like this, I still feel like it's giving other people control over your emotions in a way that I feel like is even not taking responsibility for yourself. Like, yes, you can be really triggered by people and things can be really un- unharmful. But at the end of the day, you should be able to express yourself but not have it be like an explosive cry fit <laughs> like yeah. if you don't hit the response. Yeah, that's not what she's talking about, though. She's not even saying that she's holding back from an explosive cry fit. She's saying she doesn't even want to have a seemingly negative reaction. And I've been in this situation where a man says like, oh, it's like really manipulative of you to cry when I say shitty things to you kind of thing. And then I try to not even have a negative facial expression or whatever when he's done something shitty. It basically conditions me to not mm. want to have any kind of to reaction react at all. That way. Right? Yeah. So I don't know, my pattern recognition mode is activated in this story. Well, I talked about this in our Dr. Jess episode, having been on the other side with having family members or people I know that have mental illness, sometimes their reactions are truly out there and they don't have the ability to like see it objectively. So I'm not, I'm just like splitting the difference until we have more information. But I also think like the entire... I don't think that she's having an extreme reaction in this case. I think she's actually underreacting. But anyways, so she continues saying, yeah, she didn't want to manipulate him with her emotional responses. She says, by this point, I just wanted the situation to end. I couldn't stand the feeling of this in-between or us living together with the tension. So I decided to write a letter telling him all the reasons why he should stay. Oh, my God. All the reasons why he should stay with me and how I would change for him. Like the biggest pick-me-sha in the universe. This is her words, not mine, by the way. She says, like the biggest pick-me-sha in the universe. Girl, I feel so bad for her. I honestly think that he gets off on her doing this, on her begging and like crying and writing letters and shit. Yeah. I definitely think, cause, because that like, legit has happened to me before when a guy, this isn't like my <laughs> pick me, peak pick me days as well, but when a guy wanted to leave me and then I was like, I think we should stay together. And he literally said, Oh, convince me why we should stay together. It's like an ego thing, right? She want you to basically beg for their attention and time. Yeah. If I was in this situation, I would have written a letter being a letter of eviction, basically kicking him the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just me. And again, this is post-FDS being me pre-FDS. I might have done something pick-me-ish like that. But anyways, so she writes, I took him to a park and read the letter out loud to him, even practicing beforehand so that I wouldn't cry when I read it to him. 
and it seemed to satisfy him enough that he wanted to get back together. Oh my god. Oh, but this I, guy's piece of shit. Steaming piece of shit. But I told him to think it over for a week while I went home over the break and we could have another conversation when I got back. About halfway through the break, my ex called me on Zoom looking grim. He said that while talking to his mother, he realized that being with me wasn't what was best for him. And I asked him why he decided to do this over Zoom and not wait until I was back home. He said it was because he realized in his conversation with his mom that he, quote, just wasn't in love with me anymore and needed to tell me quickly to, quote, get it over with. I hung up on him. He moved out and left me the apartment, which was worse because now I couldn't afford the rent and had to quickly find a new roommate. Do you know what I think is more likely? He found someone else yeah. in that time. Because men yeah. don't tend to leave generally unless they've got someone else to monkey yeah. bunch to. Yeah, exactly. And he probably told her like, oh, I just don't love you anymore as a way to make her feel even more shitty and to put the blame on her. Anyways. Yeah. So, so she needed to find a new roommate. And he kept stopping by and dropping off gifts like cookies and cards for holidays, despite, fuck this fucking guy, he's so manipulative, oh my god, okay, cookies and cards for holidays, despite me telling him to leave me alone for the while. When I told my friends and parents about this, they would gush about how he was such a great guy, but I knew he was just trying to stop me from being angry at his behavior, and when I got mad at gifts, I would look like the bad guy. That's exactly, if you tell a guy stop giving me gifts and he keeps giving gifts, He's doing that so that he doesn't have to look like the bad guy, so that he can assuage his own guilt, and that if she has a negative reaction to it, then she can look like the bad guy. Again, he's so fucking manipulative. So he still wanted to be friends, but I was so angry at how he treated me during the breakup, I thought there was no going back and decided to go no contact. I left him a long message about how terrible he was and then blocked him on everything. Yeah, I wouldn't have done the message thing. Just block him on everything without saying anything. Yeah, just block him. Like I said, it's tough for me to even go through this because I'm like, man, if you feel like someone's mentally unstable, it can be hard to walk away from that situation completely. And this is not me trying to defend the boyfriend because I do think it could be manipulative if he's doing it for the approval of others, right? To be like, look at me, look at how great of a guy I am sending her cookies and shit, despite... No, this is how narcissists fucking act, bro. Like they do this sort of shit so that they can look good because again, narcissists care about their public image right? They want to look good in front of other people while they treat their partner privately like shit. Okay, so... But she only says, like, she told her friends and family. I don't know if he told his or not or whatever, but yeah. No, that's the other thing. Okay, so my narcissist ex, he would do these sorts of things, and if I ever talked about it with my family, they'd be like, oh, what a great guy he is, and then make me feel like I'm the bad guy for having a problem with it. He did these sorts of things, right? This is exactly how a fucking narcissist acts. It's triggering my pattern recognition mode like crazy. Because again, he's not doing it for her benefit. Even asking to be friends or wanting to be friends, he's not doing that because he actually cares about her as a person. It's because he wants to keep her around so that he can hoover her later or so that he can try to like get with her later in case his new girlfriend or whatever doesn't work out. Like he wants to keep her on the back burner, on the bench, you know? Maybe. I feel like we're inferring stuff that's not necessarily there. That's the problem. It's really hard for me to, based on what's written here, to go all in on what you're saying. I can definitely see that being the case. Yeah. So the last part, while the breakdown of this relationship was a huge blow and it was a serious rock bottom in terms of self-esteem and mental health issues, I have been dedicating myself to rebuilding and dealing with my issues outside of a relationship. Although I'm far from perfect, I am back in university and I've been accepted into law school despite my myriad of problems. Congratulations. Yes, queen. Yeah. Yeah. I discovered FDS while trying to help my friend and her relationships. And while I'm staying away from dating for now to work on myself, it feels like a revelation and an antidote to the issues I was blindsided by in my first relationship. I love you girls and the refreshing commentary you give. It makes me feel less alone in my experiences. So I hope to share my own struggle with poor mental health in a relationship to make others feel less alone as well. Thank you for all you do. Oh, thanks, sis. Thank you for sending this in. And hopefully we got something out of that conversation because I don't know. It's like, it's such a difficult thing. Like, how do you navigate it? I mean, we can do get some experts on our like navigating a relationship when you have really poor mental health thing we always say is like get your shit together before you get in a relationship because of the fact Mm -hmm. you're more likely to attract toxic people and also push away people who are healthy for you ultimately and that's kind of the tough thing about when you're struggling with mental health and you don't have a built-in support system you have to be honest because obviously you're struggling with something but it's like there's got to be a strategy in a way to do it to repel the toxic people and then also not exhaust the good people in your life who really do want to take care of you and do think good things for you so maybe that's a strategy we can talk about All right. So, and our fourth and final roast to is from Grace. 
Grace writes, met a guy on Bumble after a few weeks of talking. We decided rather last minute to go on a date. On the date, he told me he hadn't had the COVID vaccine yet, as he hasn't been registered with a GP or dentist in 10 years. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Ooh, I would hate to see what his grill looks like. 10 years. You've not been to the dentist. We don't have free healthcare here, so I don't know what country this person... No, this is NHS. Oh! This is the UK. Oh, and even like... No excuses then! (laughs) Living in privilege! (laughs) (laughs) But even... But to be fair, even on the NHS, for some reason, your teeth are not free, but it's still like a hell of a lot cheaper than say like the US because I have to pay for my teeth cleanings and it's like max 50 quid if on a certain income or you go to an NHS dentist it's like 30 quid so he's got no fucking excuse and on top of that generally speaking British people don't have the best I mean we're not known for our fabulous (laughs) for our fabulous grills so oh my god (laughs) I'm picturing his teeth now and it's grim (laughs) absolutely grim (laughs) grim i would almost guarantee as well this guy's teeth he's got teeth missing he won't have all his teeth in his head some of them would have gone with 10 years of built-up plaque (laughs) so imagine british teeth but then even worse you know what this actually reminds me of a date that i went on i think it was like eight months ago now and the guy when i saw his pictures this is like a blind date like i hadn't met him before so he was wasn't like smiling in his pictures i didn't know that he didn't have any front teeth but yeah when i met him in real life he didn't have any front teeth and i was like i asked my friend i'm like why do you hate me anyways okay yeah okay so okay you're gonna lose it when you find out the reason why he hasn't been registered with a gp or dentist so he hadn't been to a gp or dentist in 10 years because he didn't know his nhs number He has spent a number of years out of the country, so I tried to (laughs) rationalize this, but kept thinking two things. He could have gone into a walk-in center for his vaccine, and ugh, when was the last time he got STD tested? Yeah, never. Yeah. Never. He's never been STD tested. At least not in 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) Probably never. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know my NHS number off the top of my head, but it's really easy to get. Like, if you go on the NHS website and just put in your personal details, they'll text you your NHS number, so... Can you just go there and can the doctor, can the practitioners look it up? Yeah. Well, yeah. But even if you don't even have to leave your house, you can look it up from a website. If you just put in your details, like your date of birth, full name, whatever, they'll text it to you. Yeah, that's ridiculous. This is the amount of effort he puts in his own life. So you can imagine what's going to be going on with him. Unless he has some insane job where he works all the time, which I highly doubt. But still, 10 years is insane. 10 years is inexcusable. Yeah, even if you have an insane job, those people will still have five minutes lunch break. It's not like they're literally working 24-7, right? So, no, this guy is just supremely, supremely lazy. Just neglecting himself. We arranged a second date and had a nice breakfast. Wait, you went on a second date with this guy? Okay. (laughs) Never mind. I'll reserve my judgment. Okay. And had a nice breakfast in a cafe. I noticed he was messaging someone, so I asked him what's up. He said... Ooh, I can't tell you this will make me look bad. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, don't do the bad thing. Why would you volunteer that information? But also, why wouldn't you just wait until after the date to take the call or the text? So it's like he's drawing attention to it uh. by doing it during the date itself. If you're really trying to like not look bad, you would just put it on silent and then talk to her and get back to it later. Yeah. But yeah, let's keep going. So she said, writes, I looked at him. He said, so I went for a shower this morning and didn't have my towel as it was in the wash. So I used one in the bathroom to dry my body and hung it back up. Turns out it was my flatmate's face towel. And now he's messaging me as he's pissed off. Yeah. So he's gross to everybody in his life. He's gross to himself. He's gross to his roommates. Yeah. Probably left like shit state. He probably goes in the shower, doesn't wash his ass. So goes through the whole process of having a shower and still has a shitty butt crack. Probably left a massive streak on his roommate's face towel. And that's why he's pissed off. I feel like I can smell this guy through the screen somewhere. His smell is just drifting through my nose. Just smells like shit. Just B.O. and shit. Like he doesn't go to the, he doesn't go to the dentist. Oh, terrible breath. Smells like toilet water yeah. and dog breath. I can already smell him, even though I got coronavirus, so I actually can't smell anything, but I can imagine what it smells like, which is a combination of halitosis 
BO and shit in his butt crack. There's guys we can tell they don't actually soap their body in the shower because when they get out, they just smell like toilet water. They don't smell clean. They they just smell like yeah. if someone Ew. put water on sweat, dirt, and grime. It's just disgusting. Yeah. Like a wet dog. Yeah. No, like literally like a toilet bowl. Like it just smells like an unwashed toilet bowl. <laughs> I mean, I can remember my mom growing up. She's like savage. So I didn't believe her at the time. But she always used to say that most people don't wash properly. You know, mom, you're just being harsh, but she's actually correct. Like, I mean, the guys... (laughs) Daddy pigs. The guys I know... (laughs) Daddy pigs. But the guys I know, they shower, but they don't use any sponge or they use a flannel. And I'm just like, you're not getting any dirt off your body. I can remember when my mom gave me... Do you know those African, like, it sort of looks like a net, but it's a sponge, right? The first time she gave it to me, right, the water was black. And I just thought, wow, I've not been washing for like properly for like X amount of years. So people who just like go in and don't use a sponge or use a flannel, there's no way their body is clean. There's absolutely no way. Yeah. Why would you use a sponge, but with no soap? You don't even need a sponge. Yeah, just use, just the, use soap. the soap. That'll just get everything. Just lather it up in your hands. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's really not Basic. that hard. Can't believe I'm explaining this on the podcast to bathe yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Explaining bathing. Life gets much more hard woman sli- Woman's explaining <laughs> the concept of bathing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're woman-splaining how to shower. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So next day he messaged me, said he had his COVID vaccine by just going to the walk-in center because he still couldn't be bothered to register with the GP and the dentist. Okay. Imagine putting <laughs> yeah. this much effort to be that lazy. You know, I'm actually seething. Um, he then at asked the disrespect of having all of this free healthcare and not utilizing it. Honestly, <laughs> as an American, okay. To be fair, like this could be a, a possible mitigating circumstance, but during COVID, GPs and dentists they yeah. weren't actually taking new patients, so people would either have to just like not be registered or they'd have to travel for miles. But even still, like COVID has only been for the past two years. That means he's not been the previous eight years. So yeah, traveling for miles is the norm in most of the United oh, really? States. Yeah, unless you live like in a city, a highly populated city. So you either live in a city where you have a couple of hospitals and there's a ton of people there, or you live in a rural area where the hospital is miles away. So really, yes. So I legit live a two minute walk from my dentist. There are walk-in clinics and there are like private. I mean, there's always like private practices, I guess, or private dental practices. But it is not unusual by any means for people to have to travel a long time to see even a general practitioner. In fact, there are entire places in the country. I can't remember the exact term, but it's basically like a medical desert mm, where there's yeah. just no general practitioners around and especially not specialists. Oh so my God. even for women who are pregnant, like you need to see an obstetrician, they have to travel for a very, very long time. And that's why some women don't get prenatal care. Yeah. Because we don't have oh, the wow. staff, they don't have the budget, they don't have the money to build hospitals. And that's been the big story out of the pandemic is just how many people, I mean, in New York City, they were stacking bodies in Central Park. Right? I don't know if it was Central Park, but they were stacking bodies outside of the hospital and like freezers and stuff because they just didn't have space and turning away people that had serious conditions. So <gasps> like listening to this, I'm, I don't know. I'm just upset. <laughs> Knowing the disaster of the American medical healthcare system. This is not an excuse. There's no yeah. excuse. I'm like, when he's like, we has to travel for miles. I'm like, wow, really? That's it, huh? Yeah, this squirt's got no excuse. He's got no excuse. <laughs> That's the yeah. only thing preventing you. Okay. So. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I feel sorry for all the poor, poor Americans out there suffering. Yeah, it's bad here. I'm going to keep harping on it. All of our listeners. On female political strategy, too. <laughs> yes, please fucking vote to yeah. get some health care. So Medicare for all. Yeah. Nationalized healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. So he then asked if I wanted to meet. I politely declined meeting up again, stating I didn't think we were a good fit. Good. Okay. Good. Good call there, Grace. <laughs> the following day, I received a reply stating the reasons why he felt he would be a good fit. <laughs> no! Why don't they accept the no for an answer? Why do they argue with you? This is why we're so block and delete. Because they always do this. It's never, hey, it's not a good fit. Ghost. No, no, no. It has to be like a a paragraph. 
they're calling you trying to explain to you why suddenly you should be interested in them and like that's not how this works bro no means no to be honest i get a weird sort of like low-key sadistic pleasure when i reject a guy and he starts doing that so i I just like to feel like a queen in my throne on a mountain looking down at this peasant being like ha you cannot access me it is an honor to be granted an audience with the queen peasant <laughs> no, okay. every time i don't block and delete i regret it because then it's just like a never-ending stream of texts or voicemails telling me that like oh you're being judgmental and we didn't really get to know each other i saw enough all right yeah <laughs> what i'm saying is i've seen enough sir that's it yeah <laughs> i mean i will eventually block only after i leave him on yeah. red after leaving all those like desperate messages and stuff just to really drive home the point if they're nice, because usually it's desperate message followed by abuse. Like, well, I'll say, or maybe 50% of the time, sometimes it's just desperate message, and then it's desperate message followed by abuse. Like, oh, the clock is ticking, you cat lady and shit. Yeah, and then I screenshot that and send it to my friends and we laugh at them. Anyways, but <laughs> maybe that's just me. But no, I do eventually block them. But yeah, I think this kind of like, yeah, paragraphs, you know, or even just like men being like, oh, why don't you think we're a good fit? Just leave them on red. Just to let them know that they're not that important. Anyways. The following day, I received a reply stating the reasons why he felt he was a good fit and that I was wrong and that we should meet again. I explained we weren't going to be a good fit as I couldn't see myself being in a relationship with someone who thinks registering with the GP is too much effort. Good. Yeah, good. I also said I thought his story about using his flatmate's towel was disgusting. He messaged me back saying he could never date someone who takes life as seriously as I do. (laughs) (laughs) What? Wait, no, sorry. I read that. I read that wrong. I could never date someone who takes life too seriously like I do. Oh, my God. Well, registering with a dentist, going to a dentist and a GP every 10 years is too serious. What? Yeah. Literally <laughs> takes life too serious as in like being alive. It's like she's too... <laughs> she cares too much about being alive and that's a flaw. And just keeping all your teeth in your skull is taking life too seriously. <laughs> yeah getting a vaccine oh you're taking life too seriously you care too much about being alive <laughs> oh, british men i honestly don't get why americans they fawn over british men they are you know like the scum you get at the bottom of the bin like after you take the bin line around <laughs> and you get like that shitty liquid at the bottom that is what british men are like honest to god it's just the accent Literal. the accent covers a lot of sins all my friends I know, I mean, all my friends I know that they're divesting to continental European. <laughs> I'm doing the same. Everybody's <laughs> divesting somewhere else. Which is, I'm divesting from white men, like white Canadian guys. Honestly, I've divested from black men, from British men, everyone who's similar to me. Like continental Europe. <laughs> continental it's like circular divestment. <laughs> okay. So the, last- <laughs> so the last line of the story is, I replied asking if only more than one towel in my 30s is really taking life too seriously. Yeah, good point. I have three towels just for me. And do I need three towels? No, but when one is in the wash, I like to have a backup or two. Yeah, that's very odd. You would think someone would accumulate like towels. towels. Yeah. I mean, you could just, yeah. towels just kind of happen. I don't know where I get all my towels like from. Like a billion face cloths. Yeah. I bought <laughs> like, one package of face cloths 10 years ago off Amazon. It's like a three pack where it's three different colors. I've only used one color in 10 years. There's 10 towels per color. So I've had the same 10 face towels and I've just recycled them. Oh. I use like, maybe I've like worn one out like every couple of years, but otherwise you just wash them. They're fine. So you should just have them accumulating. Yeah, face towels to me are like single use. Maybe that's a little too bougie of me, but I'll just be like, what if I'm taking off my makeup, use it once, put it in the bin. That's why I have like a billion of them or not literal billion, but a lot of them. No, no, I'm saying I don't use them more than once. I only use them once as well. I'm just saying I've had like, I've been rotating the same 10 towels. Exactly. Yeah. I use one towel. I put it in the laundry basket after I shower, one face towel. And then at the end of the week, I wash my laundry and then... Yeah, that's what normal people do, but not this fucking guy. I'm only getting through like seven towels in a week, and I've been using those same 10 to 10-ish towels plus a couple other ones I had from before that somehow appeared in my house, and I've been using those same ones now for a decade, so I don't know what their deal is. How do you not have towels? 
I can't imagine only having one towel and not having any face towels, having to use your roommate's face towel. Like, that's weird as fuck. I can't imagine that. Although, to be fair, like, towels are expensive. But what I would do is when I go to a hotel, I'd just take the towels (laughs) when my sister got married. Because we had, like, five suites in the hotel. So I just took two towels from each of them. And I've not had to buy towels since because they're, like, hotel standard. And I got 15 towels for free. So... That's a life pro tip. If you're ever in a hotel, just nick the towels. Just steal, just just steal the, the towels <laughs> and the face towels as well. That way you don't have to pay for them. Oh my gosh. Experts say we're supposed to be replacing our towels every three years. Like, I don't do that, but... Really? Yeah, I don't I know. mean, I just wash them on high heat. Like that's probably propaganda from the towel industry. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a big towel trying to make you buy more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Because they're not cheap, especially like the good quality ones. They're not cheap. No, towels. they're not. I'm like, I feel like every five to ten years is probably fine, as long as they're not ratty. Yeah, no. Right? Like, like yellow if they're meant to be white. <laughs> no, but that's the point yeah. of having multiple towels is you rotate between them and then they don't get worn out as fast. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. Thanks so much, Grace, for submitting your roses growth. This gave me a lot of laughs. I enjoyed that. And that guy is a pig. You dodged yeah. a pig eye or bullet. So... Yeah. <laughs> He dodged a cannonball, not just a bullet. <laughs> a very, very dirty cannonball. <laughs> From the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> With no teeth. <laughs> a toothless cannonball. You dodged a guy who was going to use you as a nurse, basically, yeah. in perpetuity, because this guy wasn't going to make it till 65, right? You dodged a guy who would have given you coronavirus. By the way, I'm vaccinated, okay? So this is fucking bullshit. But yeah, this guy, that's the kind of guy who would have given you coronavirus. So fuck that. This shit sucks, man. Anyways, okay, are we good? Thanks for listening, Queens. Check out our website, www.thefemaledatingstrategy.com and our Instagram page at underscore the female dating strategy and our Twitter at femdatstrat and our Patreon for weekly bonus content. You can discuss this episode with us on our Discord and also merchandise, etc. Patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Thanks for listening, Queens. And for all you 7-Eleven ass out there, die mad. <laughs> See you next week.